Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Welcome to another episode of Star Wars Action News from home. I know. It is very weird to be back and recording in our normal environment here in the home studio. I know. There's no one around. It feels kind of weird. What's weirder is we don't know when the next convention we're going to is. I know. It. Who knows? It seems like we have spent the past month on the road with Celebration and it's San like Diego Comic-Con. Weeks. And Chicago Comic-Con, a.k.a. Wizard Wizard World. World. And we want to thank everyone who was on the show last week. Daniel Logan, Dan Madsen, Ashley Eckstein, and the Cheddars. Yes. Owen and Luke. Everyone loves Owen and Luke. So to do just a little bit of nail in the coffin on C5 wrap-up. That's a post-mortem. Yes. We're just going to... An autopsy, An autopsy and talk about some things. They came out with the estimated attendance... And that was 28,000. Honestly, that's a little more than I thought, because with the exception of that Saturday afternoon where the customers were out and the corridors got a little congested on the exhibit floor, there were large empty spaces. There was never any waiting that I saw at the Celebration store. I saw all those cattle rows to get into the store. They were never used. You could just walk in anytime, which is great. It was awesome because they weren't even using them. It was nice to be able to go ahead and browse. Now, talking to Travis, who was running the Celebration store, which he used to be with Master Replicas and then FX, a lot of people didn't know where the store was because it was at the other end of the exhibit hall because everything was all in one place this time. A lot of people just stumbled across it because it was on the other side of Java's food court. So maybe that's part of the problem. Perhaps, but... There were some things that could have been done better. Frank DiOrio didn't get any signs, which... Kind of a shame because he did a marvelous diorama Mm -hmm. build. Yeah. But then he had the best signs of the whole place because his were homemade and his were really cool and they really stood out. He carved it into... Styrofoam. So it looked like Hoth. Yes. It looked like a Wampa home. Yes, it did. A Wampa's welcome mat, if you will. So 28,000 people. Some people are saying that's a low number. I went back and did some digging all the way to Wikipedia. And what it said was that they estimated 30,000 people based on the attendance of Celebration in Los Angeles. Celebration in Los Angeles had 35,000 people. So they said if LA has 35,000, pretty much anywhere we hold it, we're estimating 30,000. They were really close. They were within 10% of that estimate. So I don't think that this could be considered a failure. Oh, I don't think it was either. They were pretty much right on target. 
That's pretty good estimation, I think. I like the fact that it wasn't congested. You never felt like you were overwhelmed with people. It wasn't at all like Comic-Con where you just... Saturday afternoons at Comic-Con are just suffocating with the amount of people sometimes. And I stand by that, as far as organization goes, this was the best celebration ever Mm -hmm. because it was all right there. In L.A., it was not too crowded, but, man, you had to traverse one end of the hall to the other to get to the store. And then go on the skywalk to get to the other building. It was it was a hike. Celebration two and three. I love Indy. But, man, there was one bottleneck right outside the exhibit hall. Which was right by the entrance doors. And so anytime you wanted to get from point A to point B, you basically had to walk on people like they were sheep. Mm-hmm. So I really like the layout of this. There's a lot of reasons that people are speculating why attendance was down. And a lot of it's pointing to the time of the year. School was back in session in many places. Mm-hmm. It wasn't here for us because of the fair. Yeah, we had the state, state fair. fair. And school always starts after that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people are saying the heat. I don't think heat is going to keep people away from celebration. No, I don't consider the climate a factor yet. It's a bummer that it was so hot and so humid and it rained every afternoon. But that's Florida in August. I I complained about it. Yeah, it's not the most ideal location. But they did let people wait inside. I think the only time people lined up outside was for the George Lucas line. And they moved that inside eventually. In fact, the convention center was downright cold. At times, it really yeah, was. Yeah, if you sat in any of the panels, you froze. And doing the panels, Doing the panels, yes, we froze. Even walking around the exhibit floor on Sunday, I was really cold. I don't think the heat affected it. That's a silly reason not to go, unless maybe you have an extreme intolerance to heat. But keep in mind, you're probably going to be indoors 95% of that time. Unless we go to Seattle, I don't know any place that you could have this in August where it wouldn't be... Pretty Warm. hot. Yeah. It was... Actually, it's really pleasant up in, like, Wisconsin and Minnesota in the summer. True. And maybe Maine. Yeah. But they tried to pick a big touristy city, not yeah. Portland, be it Oregon or Maine. Choose your Portland. Yeah. So... Not a lot of people want to go to Sault Ste. Marie, I guess, for a convention. The only time the heat really bothered me was at Disney, and I was still oh. having a lot of fun. Oh, it was a lot of fun, but it was so damn hot. At some point, you just stopped caring about how sweaty you were. Yeah, after you got I think over, that was the third drink. Yeah, after you got over the initial, oh, dear God, what have they done? Did someone leave the oven door open and throw a big pan of water in there to make it like a sauna? It was okay. It's just you were in this constant state of hot and humid. And then when you got into a ride that was air conditioned, you were not even able to get comfortable because there was no lines for the rides. So when you stepped back out, you're like, yep, still hot. I think what a lot of people want, though, is to see Celebration moved back to May. And my personal opinion is that we will see that. This one, because, I mean, it's no secret, Gen Con did Celebration 4, and then Lucasfilm sued Gen Con. Well, they didn't turn over some monies to charities, didn't they? Is that one? It had something to do with money not going where it should and misreporting of books and... There's a lot out there. And uh, after that, it kind of seemed a long shot that Gen Con would run another celebration. Yes. So they had to go through the whole process of finding a partner and bidding it out. And I think it just took longer than they wanted it to. And by the time that they had decided on it, dates weren't available for when they would ideally like to have it. Given that they had four out of five celebrations in the U.S. in May, I think that's when they're going to aim it for. I'm hoping that they considered this a success. I really liked the Orlando setup. It's a long drive, but it's driving distance for us versus flying. Oh, I think next year we're going to fly. I don't think next time they do it. If it's in Orlando again, we're flying. I'm putting down the rule right now. I'll meet you down there. I'll take the car. That's fine, but I'm going to fly. 
I'll rent a car and I'll return it when you arrive. But if it's not back in Indy, I would not mind Orlando again. I would like to see it moved back to the May time frame, late mm-hmm. May. I know school's still in session for some in May. Here in Illinois, we don't get out until early June. But May's when it's always been, and I'm good with that. And I think that this time, assuming they were happy with the partnership and they're not going to file a lawsuit against anybody, then it'll go back there. What a lot of people are thinking is that Lucasfilm sits around with a map and goes, where should we have it? And then picks a point on a map or... The cynics think they just throw a dart and go, (laughs) Orlando! (laughs) But what happens is they make these partnerships with the people who run the convention, and the people who run it go to the convention centers that they've already dealt with. Well, they have agreements. Gen Con has Gen Con LA in the same hotel area convention center that they had Celebration for. And before that, Wizard worked with the Indie Convention Center. So I think that if they go with the same partner, we might see it in the same place. However, we also could see it in Chicago. They do run a convention up in Chicago as well, mm-hmm. the C2E2. Yeah. C2E2 is held at McCormick Center, which is... The largest convention center in the U.S. Yeah. The one in Orlando is actually number two. Keep in mind, though, they put us in just one building of that convention yes. center. So for people who think Celebration is so massive, I think even San Diego Comic-Con couldn't fill McCormick or Orlando. Oh, yeah, they could. They need to. That's the problem with Comic-Con is they need a bigger building, but there's a lot of history since it started back there at a little tiny hotel conference room. And a lot of people would probably be very upset if they moved it. Well, it started actually, I think, in the guy's basement. And if the lore is coming to me correctly. And so he lives there. So I think that's why they're only looking at moving it to L.A. They're not looking at moving it to Chicago, which would be so cool. I don't think L.A. would be big enough. They have a bigger convention center up there now. They do. That's what I'm reading. Yeah. Hmm. I know part of the Comic-Con, though, you just expect the crowds and the wall-to-wall people, and that's just the way it is. If I had room to move around at Comic-Con, I don't know what I'd do. But don't let that scare you away from going to Comic-Con. Comic-Con is still an awesomely amazing experience, and Star Wars is just a little bit of it. There's everything. It's been less and less a part of Comic-Con as we've gone over the five years to the point that this last time, because of celebration, Star Wars almost seemed non-existent, Mm -hmm. as we talked to Steve about on the show when we mentioned there was no Steve Sansweet spectacular at Comic-Con. I know, and I I kind of missed that at celebration. There was just a celebrating celebration, but I kind of missed the Steve Sansweet show, for lack of a better term. But that's what celebrating celebration was. Now, the exclusives from Celebration 5, many of them have found their way online to StarWarsShop.com. And they're sometimes a little different prices. Like the Lando mustache is $7.99 versus the $5 at the convention. Yes, because it's so worth that. The whole time I thought that everyone would be wearing the Lando mustache. I found one person, one person on the last day. And I'm like, can I take your picture? Because my wife doesn't think anybody's wearing that mustache. And not as many people wearing the I Love You, I Know shirts as I thought. But there were still a ton wearing the I Love You, I Know shirts. Yeah, and Arnie didn't want to do it. Well, we can get them online now. Yes. Now, in the head scratcher, I still don't get that the Wampa, which was $50 at Celebration, was $35 at Toink at Wizard World. I don't know. I felt kind of hosed because I bought it for the full price. And there it was at Chicago Comic Con the next week for just a little over half price. Mm -hmm. But I did a lot of shopping at Wizard World. Every time we go to Wizard World, people are like, why are you at Wizard World? There's no Star Wars at Wizard World. And I mentioned this to Marjorie on the drive home. There's not that many Star Wars celebrities signing at Wizard World anymore. We had Daniel Logan this time. He goes everywhere. 
And Jake Lloyd. Jake Lloyd and Admiral Motti was there. Richard Leparmentier. But in years past, I remember one year, we drove all the way up there just to get Kit Fisto and Plo Koon's autographs. Yeah. And just got the autographs and turned around and came home. But lately, I've recognized Wizard World to be a great place for shopping. And I kind of went with a shopping list of General Giant items. I usually can find good bargains on General Giant items. I've been passing on a lot lately. Ever since I raised the price of the minibus and so much can be found on clearance, I was looking mm-hmm. For the Darth Talon mini bust, and I was looking for the bookends from Jabba's Palace and a number of various items. There was not a lot of that to be found this time, though. No, there seems like there is a lot less actual toy vendors this time, and it seems that they increased their bootlegs and actual physical paper comics. And I wasn't the only one who said that. I know you said that I say that every year, but other people <laughs> noticed that as well, that there seemed to be a lot of comic booths this year. What I found out also was the toy dispersal. There was a lot more vintage than I normally see. Mm-hmm. I saw a carded yak face there. And that one, ooh, it almost had my wallet out until I looked at the condition. The guy was asking for 400 which is, you know, a, a pretty decent price. But the card was beat up and the bubble had a big crack down the middle. And he's like, well, that doesn't matter to me. I'm like, well, you're not the one buying it, are you? Yeah. So once I saw the crack in the bubble, I was pretty much turned off from Yak Face. But a lot of Return of the Jedi and Power of the Force 1 vintage carded all over the place. And every so often, even some older Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars vintage carded. Mm -hmm. Whereas what there wasn't a lot of was the newest figures. Oftentimes you'll go there and see the waves before you find them on the shelves. There were some Wave 2 figures around at $20 a figure. A few of the foil carded. Ugg, but not really called Ugg figures were there. They weren't priced, and I didn't ask because I believe it was one of, if sir has to ask, sir cannot afford it <laughs> kind of situations. But I did see a number of the Wave 2 figures there. Didn't buy any at that exorbitant price. Mm-mm. I did find some bargains. I actually found the foreign episode one figures that come with the bonus battle droid i found new gunray and yoda that came with a bonus battle droid at five dollars a figure yeah that was a good steal there's a little kid actually selling them and he had a whole table full of this stuff and it was all circa 1999 there was a lot of episode one stuff some later era power of the force battle packs and it was just five dollars an item but on sunday i went and that was always the day to bargain is the last day and i had seen some kodos there scattered around i saw saw that Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. He's Sith-eyed, so he's technically Darth, Darth Vader, Vader, but the box says Anakin Skywalker, Kotobukiya. Semantics. For $15. And I'm like, all right. And they had some of the bounty hunters around there for $20. Toink had a lot there for, I believe Anakin was 20 They had that really ugly looking Slave Leia Kodo. It's like the worst Kodo ever for 30 I love Kodo, and if somebody at Kodo is listening, I know you guys listen, it's nothing against you, but that's Slave Leia was a dog. Everybody has a bad piece and Slave Leia was yours. And then they had a lot of the bounty hunters from the bounty hunter six pack slash build a Vader seven pack for 40. And so I went in there and I tried to find the $15 Anakins. It took us quite a hunt because if you've ever been to Wizard World, if you lose a booth, you really should write down a number if you're thinking I'm going to come back for something because it all starts to look the same. It does. It's a maze of comic reseller, toy vendor, comic reseller, toy vendor. And it's like, oh, I saw it at that toy booth. That's somewhere 
somewhere over here. So it took us about 20 minutes to find the $15 Anakin booth, but by the time we found it, they'd sold out of everything except the $15 Anakin. So we went over to Toink, where they had six different Kodos, Forlom, Denger, the TIE Fighter Pilot, Bespin Luke, Slave Leia, and Anakin. And I'm like, all right, what kind of a deal can you make me on all six? And the guy was a hard negotiator. He didn't move as much as I would have liked him to. And we we ended up really haggling hard over $5. Yeah, I've never seen you haggle like that. I can't believe you guys argued so hard over $5. Technically, it was over 10 and it was a question of which one of us would split the difference. And finally, I told him, all right, I'll pay you $160 in credit because it costs them money to take your credit card. Yeah. So if you ever are really pissed at a vendor, but you're giving them the money reluctantly, give them a credit card, even if you have the cash, because it just kind of screws them just a little. And so I was like, all right, well, if you want 160 I can do credit, but I can do 150 in cash. And I'd already offered 155 credit, and he wouldn't do that. If I was like, well, will you do 155 cash, then you get your price. I'm like, well, really, my price is 150 but here's 155 cash. So six Kodos for 155 an average price of $25 per Kodo. I'm real happy with that. I think it was a good haul. I think you did a great job. Unfortunately, once down this dark path, forever will it dominate my destiny, I had two of the bounty hunters, two of six, which means I have two pieces of Vader that are like flapping around in the box, like build me, build me. And I don't have the other parts. So now you have a mission. On the way out, we found another Toink booth. I don't know quite how many Toink booths there were there, but at least two. And there they had Zuckus. And I'm like, well, Forlom can't be without his BFF. <laughs> Zuckus was 40. I thought that 40. they were life partners. <laughs> Like our dogs. Zuckus was 40, and I went in, and I'm like, can you guys make me a deal? I just spent $160 at the Twink booth down there. Can you just do 35 on Zuckus? The guy would not move. He's like, come back at 5 o'clock. If we have any left, I'll give it to you for 35 I wanted to go home. I didn't want to stick around till 5 So I gave him the $40, but I gave him the credit card. <laughs> Take that. You're such a jerk. I said, I'll give you 35 cash. No. All right, then here's my credit card. But lest you think I'm the only one who scored a major haul at Wizard World. I did too. Now, we don't know if yours is a bargain. I all like the all we know is you're happy with your purchase. I'm happy with it and I don't care. Here's the thing. That's what people say to me when somebody emails and says, how much should I pay for this? It's like, well, will you be happy if you spend that on this? Especially for the more obscure items that aren't so easily eBayed and price values found. I think I got a good deal because I ended up bargaining with the guy and I think he just didn't want to deal with me anymore because I kept adding stuff to this purchase. And all of it was Jar Jar. Yeah, I think he just wanted to get rid of it. But I found a Jar Jar 54-inch plushie, which is awesome. Scares the crap out of my dog, though. He's terrified. He went to jump on the couch. I had Jar Jar sitting on the couch. And he jumped on the ottoman and saw Jar Jar. And literally his eyes bugged out like, and then he leapt off the ottoman. He was a lot of fun. Then I got a little Jar Jar mini plush. So there's one more Jar Jar plush I need that's like 17 inches. That's the next one. And then well, I, now you know what I'm getting you for Christmas. I got a Jar Jar finger puppet. I got the Japanese palm talker. And did I get Jar Jar candy too? No, we did not find the tongue candy. No. They had some Wookiee hair candy, but they did yeah. not have the tongue candy. So I got all of that for 110 Now, I don't is... know if this is a correct value, but Nick from Jedi Temple Archives sent us the only link he could find on eBay for that 
54-inch plushie, and it was going for $600. Well, it wasn't going for. That was the starting price. It was asking for that, and it had zero bids. Now, Scott from Tulsa sent me one that was $60 and didn't sell, and that includes shipping. But here's the thing. It was in my hand. I had it. Made me happy. Plus, I got all the other stuff. I talked the guy down quite a bit from it, and then added all the other stuff to it. Plus, it was Jar Jar stuff that he'd probably taken to con after con. The life-size Jar Jar, 54-inch Jar Jar, needs a little spot cleaning. Yeah, but you know what? I still love him. I think I got a good deal. Because I just kept finding all the Jar Jar stuff in his booth and adding it to it and asking if I could have that, too. Yeah, I couldn't believe you got the Japanese palm talker. I know, it's pretty cool. I think it's one of those great deals. It's in the eye of the beholder. Where both of you walk away going, sucker. But what was nice was carrying this 54-inch Jar Jar around the convention while Arnie looked for his Kodos, because I bought this the night before, actually. And I was starting to look for Kodos. We had to go to our dinner with some friends, but we didn't have a lot of time, so we decided to go back the next day for my Kodos. But yeah, you carried this Jar Jar all around the floor. Now, I was fine with that. You got to experience what it must be like to be a costumer for a while, because everybody's staring at you, and a few people asked for photos. Yeah, this guy posed, he was dressed up as Han Solo, and he posed with Jar Jar, I'm like, you can't shoot him. And he didn't shoot him. He just held him. And all the girls smile at Jar Jar. So, boys, if you want to hit, get girls to hit on you, I think you need to carry around a Jar Jar. I think it might have helped that it was a girl carrying around a Jar Jar. If a guy had been carrying around a Jar Jar, it might have gotten some looks of scorn and concern. Well, you think? I think. Of course, I was fine with that. I was fine with you carrying around the Jar Jar, and I was fine with all the attention that Jar Jar was getting. I wasn't so fine with you personifying Jar Jar and going, why is it you not liking me? And like making him (laughs) touch me. Because you were dissing Jar Jar. Yeah, yeah, I was. What was great was when I was on the elevator to the parking garage. (laughs) I scared the crap out of some guy because all along he thought I was carrying my kidney turned around and it was a giant Jar Jar. And then that happened at the hotel that night too. So people got out of the way thinking you were carrying like your five-year-old who was asleep in your arms. And then they realized that it's a giant stock-eyed Jar Jar. Yeah. The Jar Jar's creepy, I gotta say though. Is it a smile? It is his fake, fake teeth that are like just glued on to the front of the mouth and the dead eyes that look like taxidermy eyes. <laughs> they do wow. Like taxidermy eyes. That was awesome. And you, of course, put him in the hotel bed with me while I'm asleep. I did. When I got up before you, I was sitting there reading my comics on my iPad, as I like to do. Walking Dead. You guys must read it. And I decided to play a joke on you, so I put Jar Jar in bed next to you and covered him up. And you rolled over and opened your eyes and went, ah! And it was fabulous. I'm glad one of us was amused. So I was really amused. I think everyone else thinks it's funny, too. But again, I think we bought more at Wizard World than any place else. I did. And spent less doing it. Yeah. All right, so you got to make a choice here. Which is cuter? The Wampa plushie from Celebration 5 or your giant Jar Jar? Oh, the Wampa plushie. I love Jar Jar, but come on, that's really cute. His little smile, and he he just looks so adorable. And you take off his arm, and he's still smiling. He's like a little hurt puppy. Well, speaking of hurt puppies, why don't we go on to our store report? And this week, our store report is brought to you by Backstage Toys. Backstage Toys has new arrivals. 
In case you weren't able to go to C5, you can pick up the Cami and Fixer comic packs along with the Forlom and Zuckus vintage set. Now remember those have the super cool packaging. Both of them do. The comic pack has great packaging and if they did that for all comic packs, I could advocate the purchase of them. And the Forlom and Zuckus is just cool because, you know, they're buddies and BFFs and besties and all that. And they also have Kmart exclusives, Legacy and Clone Wars. They've got the Johto cast and the Clone Commanders 4-pack as well as a new wave of Clone Wars figures with May Windu, the Jungle Camo Arf Trooper, Kit Fisto, Commander Gree, and the Battle Droid Commander. All of that is at Backstage Toys. And remember, Backstage Toys is giving our listeners a special coupon, SWAN20SV, good until the end of September. So you get 20% off your order at Backstage Toys, BackstageToys.com. There's a link to it on our homepage. And I'm going to have to go to Backstage Toys because we've hit several Kmarts and found nothing. Yeah. They had no new toys at all. No. None of the black and blue, none of the vintage, just some old red card and even some blue card stuff staring at me from the pegs. Mm-hmm. Now we're at Walmart in a weird move. All of the figures are $7.96. The vintage is not higher priced and the Clone Wars and Saga Legends aren't lower priced. I think they just averaged it and made everything $7.96. So if you're going to buy your vintage figures, buy them at Walmart. Yeah, but it was supposed to be the vintage figures were going to be at the $7.96 and the Saga Legends and the Clone Wars were going to be six fifty, So it's not like they averaged anything. They just took the higher price and yeah. ran with it. They've also raised the price on their Jabba the Hutt. Jedi Temple Archives was the first to report that the Jabba's Throne Pack started off at $34.96. And now if you find the Jabba Pack, it's $38.88. That's what I had to pay for Jabba was $38.88. Hmm. So everything's getting a little bit of a price hike, which isn't good. As Schooner Tuner says, we're all in this together. <laughs> <laughs> so why are you raising the prices there, Walmart? And Walmart really is not showing too much of stuff. The stores to hit right now have been Toys R Us and Target. Mm-hmm. Both of them have multiple reports of Wave 2 vintage as well as the foil carded figures. So we went to St. Louis and hit various stores. Didn't find anything at Target. We did find the foil card Hoth Han and the foil card Darth Vader at a Toys R Us. And very good clerk, Marjorie, asked for those to be bagged carefully. She wrapped them very carefully and handed them to me sideways instead of by the handle so that absolutely no damage would come to those cards. Thank you, clerk. We really appreciate it. Even if you did act a little bit stoned and ask me four times (laughs) if I needed batteries (laughs) with my action figures. Toys R Us also seems to have a much higher price for the Saga Legends and the Clone Wars figures. I was stunned at the price. Even at the buy one, get one half off. These were really expensive. But I did buy for you the Galactic Heroes ad-ad. Yes. We found... Because he's adorable. Him and a number of figures there. The mini evolutions, the two packs of figures, the Boba Fett, Darth Vader, and General Grievous two packs. Those two packs are almost $18 mm-hmm. for two freaking figures. You sound like Dr. Evil. So I had you go to get a cart because they only had one of the Grievouses left. And when I went back the very next day, they had none of these two packs left. These are the Toys R Us exclusive, so I had to buy them. You went and got a cart, and while you were going to get the cart, somebody picked up the only Galactic Heroes ad they had on the shelf. I thought you weren't going to get it. Don't you know you have to keep your hands on the things you want to buy? But my hands were already on all these figures that I'd stacked so up. So what you do is you you lay the Galactic Heroes ad on its side, and you stack up your figures. 
figures on top of it because that implies that you're buying it. Well, I thought you'd move faster than you did, but you were multitasking on the phone. No, at Toys R Us, I have to go out and then come back in to get a cart, remember? Anyway, he took the ad at and then he waffled and he who waffles his toast to mix my breakfast metaphors because he set down the ad at and no sooner had he set it down that I went, excuse me, and took the ad at and put it in your cart and you were very happy because he looks like a puppy. He does look like a little puppy. He's cute. They also had those racers that we've been seeing, the little like car type. Zip strip racers. They had the tri-droid attack set for 35. They had the smaller little sets for 15. And then the individual racers were 10. As much as I'd like to see if these are fun to play with, I'm going to hold off. And none of them are Toys R Us exclusive, so I'm going to look for a lower price elsewhere. Now, for those of you who are jonesing for some vintage packaging, Darth Goth, Kevin from our forums, reported that in Arizona, he found the vintage boxed AT-AT, which has caused me to go to Toys R Us every day since he told me yes. that. It's kind of getting crazy. He also said that he had a 20% off coupon in the mail from Toys R Us, and so he was able to get it for $95 after sales tax. Now, I didn't get that 20% off coupon. I'm looking in the mail They don't closely. like you. No, they don't. Mm-mm. I'm a member of that really horrible rewards program where I'm rewarded by like- With fi- a coupon that's good for two days, and one of them's the day you get it. Mm-hmm. So the vintage ad-ads are showing up $109.99 for that box. I think it's kind of cool, though. But it I, is. I wish it had the corrugated cardboard. Yeah, they didn't change the materials, just the artwork. Mm -hmm. But it's still a very cool box. Now, we also did find the Rise of Boba Fett Battle Pack after we recorded our Wizard World show. We were on the way home, found it for $110, same price as the ad at Toys R Us. But we didn't have room for it. Yeah, we had all those Kodos and a Jar Jar in the car, and we were also driving my godmother back home, so there just wasn't room for Boba Fett. And it's not like it was a discount. He's going to be that price when he shows up at our yeah. local Toys R Us. We haven't seen him any other place yet. I got to say for $110, i am waffling because Toys R Us exclusives often sit around for a long time. Christmas is coming. They're going to have that big toy book, which often has some coupons in it. I'm wondering if there might be a way to save 10 or $15 on this piece. See, I'm torn because there's been a lot of them too that never go on clearance at Toys R Us. True. That's the problem is you don't know. And the TIE Interceptor we saw a few times but it didn't stick around all that long. Mm-mm. A lot of the exclusives Here's are the going. Thing, I wouldn't gamble on it. That's the only thing with an exclusive. If it was just a regular one, oh yeah, I'd maybe sit on it for a little bit. You might hit a sale but I don't think that it's going to go on clearance. Yeah, so when I see that I will be picking it up. I'm certainly not going to wait on the vintage ad at when I see it that I'll just be jumping to get. For online news, for those Adidas completionist collection... Are there a lot of those? Wave two of the Adidas Star Wars merchandise is out, including some really bright green Jabba the Hutt sneaks. Ooh. Now, I would think bright green, they should be Yoda sneaks, but they're Jabba sneaks. Jabba's not really green. He's more of a beige-ish tan. The slime that came out of his mouth was about the color of the green. They're actually really cool, though. It reminds me of the Jabba glob from episode one. I kind of like the R2 and 3PO ones, though. I think I those are really would. awesome. I'd wear those. They're half and half. Yeah. But yet, not so ridiculous that one shoe is 3PO and one shoe is R2, so it would look like you That's mismatched. That's what I thought at first, but then I'm like, oh, wait a second. It's a half and half. I don't like the plain just R2 ones. I don't think those are as cool. And I don't like the Imperial ones. They're too black and shiny. But I do like the Death Star track jacket. And I still want those Leia shoes. I'm not so much of a fan of the Death Star track jacket, but the other track jacket down there that kind of looks a little disco. I don't think it looks 
Xbox Disco, I think it looks very Atari video game. Maybe that's it. Kind of, yeah, some light cycles going on because you got red stripe and blue stripe. But yeah. that's a kind of cool jacket. It is kind of a cool jacket. I don't think I like the Java ones, though. Those are going to be on sale this fall from Adidas. Over at Sideshow, that Ewoks versus Stormtroopers diorama that we were talking about on last week's show went on sale, and I passed. Really? You don't like mini walks? I love the design of this. I really do. And when I saw the close-up shot that Sideshow used to tease us with this, I'm like, all right, this looks really cool because it's Ewoks going crazy on a stormtrooper. But then, you know, it's not until the item goes on sale. Sideshow is very savvy. They'll show you like a really cool action close-up shot. But when the item goes on sale, they'll finally reveal the full shot. So you can see what it looks like in total. And it's on a very small circular base, kind of similar to the Yoda versus Stormtrooper premium format figure. And so it looked a lot smaller in total than the original image made it appear and for $250 something that's probably about as round as a premium format figure but it's supposed to be a diorama and it only stands 16 inches tall I'm like ah just I love the mean Ewoks of it but it's just a little tiny for $250 well you know the shrink ray is hitting everything for $50 more if they'd done this as a premium format three Ewoks versus a stormtrooper I'd have been all over that, though. But in their diorama thing, I love the idea of it, but I think this may be an item that I'll get to use one of my Sideshow gift cards on. Yeah. 200's my magic number on this one. Of course, what'll happen is it will finally sell out. It's still available as of this recording, but it'll finally sell out, and I'll be like, ah, I really did want that, and then I'll waitlist it. That's what always happens to my Sideshow items. <laughs> but this one, I really want to see in person. I realize I may not get a chance to until next year at Comic-Con, but I really want to see this one in person to see if it feels as small as it looks in the pictures they took. Now, a lot of you have been getting your Gentle Giant 12-inch Boba Fett in the mail or whatever shipping method you've chosen, and a lot of you aren't. And that's kind of caused some heads to be scratched. There's some orders being canceled. And Darth Perry went to our forums and reported that his hasn't shipped yet, and he found out why. Turns out that even if you're a Premier Guild member... Somehow, General Giant took more orders than they had Boba Fett's to ship, and people are now going to have to wait 60 to 90 days for them to get more in, and then they'll go ahead and charge you. So they're giving refunds now, allegedly, that until the next ones come in. Now, I thought this was a limited item. It is limited. So they are making good on the fact that they took too many orders. But they didn't take more orders than they're making. What happened is they took more orders than they've made, and they're waiting for more to come from overseas. So they're not making more than the original 1500 They just... Why wouldn't they have them already? Manufacturing delays, shipping delays, labor problems. Why didn't they cut they're it like off? They're like Lando Calrissian Why didn't they cut it off? They didn't know. Oh. I'm not sure. Now, there's a lot of confusion about this, and I'm waiting to hear back from Greg at General Giant with some definitive answers. Hopefully, we'll have for you on the next show. But some rumors are that they're going to have even more for sale, that they haven't sold their full quantity, but because of the delays, they're going to wait until they're more readily available to put the rest on sale. That's a smart move. 
What also is very interesting about this then is that the fact that these were selling out so quickly at Celebration is kind of artificial because the Stormtrooper still available mm-hmm. at GeneralGiantLimited.com. The Boba Fett not available, but the Boba Fett wasn't finished being made. They only had a limited number of the units available for sale at Celebration. So it's not like the entire allotment sold out at Celebration. What they had was selling out each day at Celebration, thus creating an artificial demand. So if this had had a addition size of 500 or 750 or however many they had available at Celebration, then yes, the demand really would be this high. But since there's twice that many out there or three times that many, it's possible we're seeing a tempest in a teacup, if you will. Well, what's nice is that these people are able to get the Boba Fett if they didn't get it at Celebration. Because as in years past, the General Giant exclusive has caused lots of anger and hatred and un-Jedi-like feelings. Well, that's why I pre-ordered that Boba Fett. I knew I wanted him, so I pre-ordered him and I didn't have to worry about it. I know some people were just getting really frustrated at the con thinking they could just pick it up there and it was gone by 9.30 each day. Now, in case you don't realize this, the general public didn't get in until 10 o'clock each day. Mm -hmm. It was the Jedi Knights and Jedi Masters who were getting in at 9.30. And the exhibitors. And some people who were just really able to social network. Mm -hmm. I will say that usually the people working the door who make $7.50 an hour can easily be manipulated. And sometimes if you just walk like you know what you're doing, people think you know what you're doing. Yeah, because when we were at the George Lucas presentation, this guy next to me just had a regular attendee badge, a Saturday badge at that. He'd walked right in at 9 o'clock, got his Boba Fett at 9.30. Don't know how he did it, but mm-hmm. also at GentleGiantLimited.com, the Snow Bunny Padme holiday mini bust is up for sale, $65. And you too can have this bad rendition of Natalie Portman hold up the mistletoe. Well, hello, she was never actually in the Snow Bunny Padme outfit. No, she wasn't and i'm not even sure if this is supposed to look like natalie portman I, yes it is according to our interview with greg he said it was supposed to look like natalie portman and i believe he said it looked like a good rendition of her well i'll give him this it looks human <laughs> if that's the best thing you can say about it it looks like a human female i mean some of the gentle giant minibus that aren't scanned or even some that are don't even look human and this is the case with a lot of it's things like when you see a really ugly baby you go yep it's a baby. It looks like a female and a fairly attractive female at that. Is it Natalie Portman? I, I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. I like the yak face one because you can take off his Christmas stuff. That's what I like too. This one seems less multi-purpose. The yak face was perhaps their best. And what's strange about that is it's yak face. Yeah. In other Gentle Giant exclusive news, if you have missed your chance to get the Gentle Giant Vader Macquarie bust, it is available at Brian's Toys and they have reduced the price on that bust so you can get Get yours now over at Brian'sToys.com. They also have the Celebration 5 exclusive Metacom Boba Fett prototype paint, which there were very, very few left of at the end of C5. I think I counted like eight left on the shelves there. So it was a big seller limited to 250 pieces. And also, if you're one of the Disney hybrid collectors and forgot your piece at Celebration 5. Why are you looking at me? Because you forgot my Disney stuff. Okay, but obviously you're going to tell us how to get it, right? Over at Brian's Toys, 
They have the Donald Duckish Shadow Trooper. Oh. So you can get those all at Brian'sToys.com. And remember, when checking out at Brian's Toys, please be sure to mention that you were referred to them by Star Wars Action News when you buy the 19-inch Galactus with Silver Surfer for only $70 at Brian'sToys.com. So is this a, I've already bought this because we already agreed I get the Galactus from Comic-Con. Galactus from Comic-Con is yours. Galactus from Brian's Toys with Silver Surfer is mine. That's the deal. Ah. And a last bit of online news. Marjorie, have you ever read a Star Wars book and wished that you were in it? No, really, I haven't. All right, I will admit I have. Why does that not surprise me? The closest I've come is, according to Wikipedia, Troy Denning put an R2 unit named Arnie in his Dark Nest trilogy. However, this was before we ever podcasted, so it's merely a wild coincidence, and he only appeared, I believe, in one scene. Did he fall on some styrofoam and sprain his ankle? Not that I know of. He flew with Luke Skywalker. Well, that's cool. Because R2-D2 was malfunctioning, Arnie stepped in. <laughs> that's the closest I can come. But now UK readers can go even further as Penguin and Pen Wizard are producing a Star Wars Clone Wars book that allow Clone Wars fans the chance to appear in print alongside their favorite heroes and villains. And what they're doing is a story called The Way of the Warrior, and you customize an avatar. Which is kind of like when you go into your Wii, you're going to choose, you know, the hair and the eyes and the facial structure that you think resembles you or something completely different, do whatever you want. And you could become a Jedi or a Sith and select facial features and hairstyle and it goes through the story and your character named after you goes along with Anakin and Yoda and Count Dooku and you can even include a personal message for a gift. Now this is only about 15 pounds or what is that, $100 now? (laughs) Realistically, it's around... 35 or $40 plus postage. It is just available in the UK right now, but a US version will be available this fall. So I think I definitely have to do this where we do one for me where I'm the light side and one for you where you're the set. If you can make one look like me, if it just looks like a generic computer thing, then I don't think it's all that cool. But it would have your name. Okay. And it would be personal to you. All right. We'll spend the money on it. And hopefully, after the exchange rates, it's not going to be $35 to the U.S. Maybe it'll be closer to $20 in the U.S. versus the pound to dollar ratio. Mm-hmm. And speaking of pounds and other U.K. items, we have Steve the Ginger Prince here with us for a thorough report. Greetings all, this is Steve the Ginger Prince checking in with another quick UK report. But before I get down to business, I'd just like to say a big thank you to everyone we met on our recent trip over to the States. We felt totally at home in the company of the staff and listeners of Star Wars Action News, and were made to feel incredibly welcome by all the awesome people we met. Thanks for the multitude of kind words about my contribution to the show. Thanks for the gifts we were given, and thanks for the memories that we'll treasure. Okay, that was a bit too much like an Oscar reception speech for me. Let's get on with the real business of toys, and what's occupying the British pegs. Well, it's been a month since I've done a toy run in the UK, and it appears that some new stuff is hitting the pegs. Firstly, we've found Tesca, both at the Forbidden Planet store and at Toys R Us, despite the fact that it's supposedly a true exclusive. C5 was the first time that I saw a picture of this guy on a Hasbro PowerPoint slide, and I thought it was a new Wat Tambor figure in the Battle Game card packaging, but was quickly corrected. It looks a nicely painted figure, and appears to have a lot of articulation. 
but how are they justifying charging 5 or 6 quid more for it? It's £14.99, that's about $23-$24. Also new to the UK shelves is the final wave of the Legacy Collection. You know, the expanded universe wave that should have been out ages ago but we just haven't seen. That is until now. This was always going to be a cheap wave for me, what with me being an in-film figure collector. I passed the Solo Kids, the Dark Slash Space Troopers and Shaq T in rags with ease, but thought long and hard about K Crook before giving in and picking him up. Now I know the tusk-faced Jedi Yeezy you, but I've always liked him since first meeting him in the one-shot story that was called Schism by John Ostrander and Jan Dersima. The K-Crook figure is one of the bigger 3 and 3 quarter inch figures with a nice paint job on his face and great sculpted feet, but I have two issues with him. Firstly, his Jedi robes are badly sewn together, meaning that it doesn't fit him very well. To top that, they've not included his iconic conical straw hat. His green lightsaber is the only packing, I'm afraid. The Builder Droid piece packed in with K-Crook is BGJ38, who's Jabba's property in Return of the Jedi, so I have to have him. And you know what that means? Yes, I'll be pestering you all again in the bounty hunting thread of the forums for the other parts. We're still on the first wave of the vintage collection, but there is a variation that I'm noticing. Some stores are carrying cards with the free Boba Fett offer splash on the front next to the bubble, and others are carrying clean cards without the offer. I picked up a clean card Hoth layer for a listener that I met at the Star Wars Action News Yak Face Celebration 5 party, as he made a special request for me to do so. The embarrassing thing is that I just can't remember who that listener was, so if it's you who asked me for a Hoth layer from the Vintage Collection without the Boba Fett offer on the front, please direct message me so I can get it in the post to you. Toys R Us has the newer stock, like the General Grievous spinning electronic lightsaber, on the end caps grabbing your attention. But if you make your way down the aisles, there are discounts aplenty to be found at the moment on the older stock. Puzzlingly, it's cheaper to pick up the early Clone Wars waves at £3.99 than it is to buy much older Legacy Collection figures like Old Six Boobs herself. You have to shell out £4.99 if you want to take Yana home. It's not just older figures that are on sale though. The vehicles are greatly reduced also. The ATST that was £50 is now £24.99, and it seriously tempted me, but I resisted for now. Space continues to be an issue for me at the moment. Jabba's Rancor is similarly half priced and represents a great bargain if you've not picked it up yet. Lastly, a quick heads up for those top trumps card collectors like me. Play.com has the new Clone Wars Rise of the Bounty Hunters pack available for order at the cost of £3.99. Due to shipping the first week of September, these will be a fine addition to my Star Wars Top Trumps collection, which if you need more detail on, I covered in episode 168 of Star Wars Action News, which you can of course still download if you visit the archives at www.swactionnews.com. And with that, I'll hand you back to the ever-lovely Marjorie and Arnie. Thank you, Steve. And it was good to meet you in person at Celebration. Thanks to Celebration 5, we've now met every member of our staff. Yeah, it was great. We actually did a huge staff gathering at Celebration 5, which was awesome. We did a Stuff the Bubble event. Yes, it was very, very amusing. But since this is our 
fifth anniversary show. This show is actually coming out on the Monday, five years to the day after our first show, thanks to two leap years. <laughs> so we want to thank you guys and some of you for just what you've done over the years to help us, for supporting us, for being there for us. And we're going to name some people and we mean no slight of we didn't include your name. It could be just my memory is going or, you know, Arnie doesn't have much of a memory anyway. We don't have too much time and at a certain point, the music's going to start playing and they're going to pull us off the stage. Yes. So we can only thank so many people. I want to start by thanking all of our staff, former and current, Kevin, Jacob, Scott, Joe, John, John, then our current staff, Jason, Darth Prime in the forums. He's been with us, I think, longer than anybody else doing one of the most thankless jobs of the web development. He doesn't get nearly enough props that he deserves for all the work he's done and the creativity he's put into it and the writing he does for various sections when I just say make a section and he has to come up with a description he's always very creative and clever about yeah, it. Yeah, because you're not good at giving direction. Brock, of course, Brock, our book club liaison. I've tried to rename him many times, but that book club liaison is sticking around, I guess. Who needles me more than anybody else about when's the next book club podcast coming out. So lest you think Brock's in on it. No, Brock is not in on it. He's just wondering when the next one's coming out too. <laughs> And he has been so helpful. People give me a lot of compliments for the interviews we do with the authors here. And a lot of those compliments have to go to Brock. I do the interviews. Brock helps me prepare the questions. I run all my questions by him first and say, are any of these really dumb? And then he also comes up with questions that I don't a lot of the times and always works with me with the authors. So thank you for everything, Brock, and all of your work on Republic Forces Radio Network and editing Star Wars Action News for quite a while. And of course, the book club liaison thing. Next up, we have Jerry, who is was Darth Bounty, and now he's just a bounty on the forums. He's come to the light side. Yes. Well, and he professes his love of the Procter & Gamble products. He does the Vintage Reports. He does Republic Forces Radio Network. And actually, what's cool is we started meeting him. I think Celebration 4 was the first time we met yep. him, wasn't it? And then he ended up becoming a staff member. So it was kind of cool. And he's a really great guy. He knows more about boxes than anyone should, and he's awesome that way and paper products in general yes and he's great with the vintage reports he's very detailed in what he reports and he's got a lot of neat things chris our graphic designer another thankless job who doesn't get nearly the public kudos he deserves he started off when i just put out an open call for a book club logo it all goes back to the book club folks yeah and he did the book club logo and then offered to do more and if you're watching the enhanced podcast all the little graphics you see chris if you've gotten a badge from us us in the past three or four years. Chris, all our little web ads, Chris, <laughs> he does it all, folks. It all comes down to Chris. He really was a help with our t-shirts for the Celebration 5 because he's just such a master graphic designer doing color separations and so much and even paying attention to details we don't like. What is the iconic color for Star Wars Action News? What exact shade of red? We use six shades of red. We need to consolidate that. So thank you for all of it, Chris. Jen, one of our newer staff members over at Republic Forces Radio Network. She's oddball on the forums the first other female besides me and that's kind of cool other than the honorary mrs tulsa and yeah. mrs ginger but the first official other woman we'd also like to thank baron who is master collect them all in the forums he does a lot of enhancing for us he does all the enhancing actually he's Except on vacation week. and we miss him miss him greatly come <laughs> back to us master collect them all you're my only enhancing hope <laughs> 
I had a great time with him at Comic Con. That was our first time meeting him. This is kind of weird because we have staff members all over the world, and this was this year we met. I think everyone that except we need, Jason, except Jason, who we've met previously. Mm-hmm. So it's very cool. We should just drive to Minnesota to make it a full. Oh, thing. I could get some lineys in the creamy dark, which they only sell up there. Dan, Darth Rockstar, another new person who also helped Jerry understudy Marjorie and I. He was the Marjorie to Jerry's Arnie. Oh, he was also my handler handler slash enabler celebration i don't think we're allowed to hang out anymore or at least in a bar and he joined us as did jen for the star wars action newses from celebration five a lot of fun and of course we just had him on the show steve the ginger prince who really talks like that including the bass register he has a very deep voice and him and his wife suzanne are fantastically nice it's wonderful getting to meet them and hang out with them for like five days and it was really weird the first time meeting them and sitting next to Steve in the van, it, it's, I don't know, it's very bizarre. I didn't know what to think or it's almost like you don't know what to say. Well, imagine how intimidated you'd be if you met the Ginger King. Is there a Ginger King? Well, there must be if he's the prince. So thank you to all of our staff. A few more people. Then we have some others that we want to thank, and we thank these people also for supporting us and being with us. Jay, he does a lot of editing for us. And he's been editing some Republic Forces this summer, helping us out with the load. Nathan, StarWarsFanWorks.com, the first person to really take us into a podcasting community fold and really build that Star Wars FanWorks community and help us get tips so we could improve... And Jason from Yakface, not only do we have the party with you at C5, but you guys have always supported us from day one, and we think that's great. We've done some cross things over the years, and we really think it's great that you're part of the Star Wars community. Same for Paul, Nick, Chuck, and formerly Pete of JediTempleArchives.com. You guys were so great with us, and again, we've also done cross-reporting with you in the past, and it's not only great to work with you, but also just to hang with you, you know? And the same thing with all of our staff, too. They're just, in addition to all the help there on the show i just love the time we get to spend with them they're what makes celebrations and cons fun and i like to give a special thanks to pete because of him i actually got into kubrick's and it was at c3po kubrick which i first fell in love with and we can't of course forget foxer who gave you kubrick boba he yes. was at celebration at the I know. podcasting panel. it was awesome he was great i didn't even know he was there that is so amazing mark from yoda's news when they were announcing our shows every week and all the support that he gave helping us build our forums that was much appreciated back before I knew PHP the way I do now and before Jason also knew a lot of PHP. Gary Watergraphs. Gary was with us from day one also. He helped us design our logo. He did our badges. Great all-around guy. They have a great service. It's because of Gary that we do con badges and it's also because of Gary that we have an enhanced podcast. He's the one who came to us and said, you're a collecting show. You need the pictures. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm a PC guy. Uh, You need the pictures. We're going to get this guy. He's going to start you off. He's going to enhance the show for you for a while. I don't know. Uh, It seems like a lot of work. Uh, We're going to do this. And now I know I see the download numbers. Our enhanced podcast is downloaded more than our regular Mm -hmm. MP3. And it's for a collecting podcast. I think we do have to have these pictures to show you what it is we're talking about. So thank you to Gary. Thanks to Chris and the guys at sandtroopers.com having us at their booth last week. And just in general, supporting us and hanging out and helping us when we were first getting started. I think Hans hideout. Yeah, those guys are so great. We met them briefly at Toy Fair and they've started mentioning our show all the time and they really, uh, you know, for not having been around all that long, they really have a lot of news coverage. I follow them on my RSS reader and I suggest you Mm -hmm. do the same. Creature Cantina, which you have been a contributor or an idea? I gave an idea to Bill Cable back when 
before I had a site, I was such a huge fan of the Creature Cantina comic strip and the style of art and everything. I mean, it helps that it features Greedo. Yeah. But... And, and thanks to the guys at Imperial Shipyards. I met them at Celebration finally, and they were really great guys. We've shared some feeds with them and some different things, and that's been great. The same for the guys at Dewback Patrol. Mm-hmm. We met them at Toy Fair, and they were really cool guys to talk to and hang out with. For some of the companies, I want to thank everybody at Hasbro and Hunter PR, who's been doing the Hasbro Q&As with us for a low these years it really has changed the landscape of collecting that you collectors can give questions to us for us to pose to hasbro and get direct answers it's made everything so much more transparent i think and we know a lot more about action figures than we did before they started mm-hmm. i want to thank Corey at sideshow specifically and everyone else at sideshow she's been really great to us robin is awesome at sideshow just really great people they have great product and they've been wonderful giving us gifts to give to you guys yeah anytime we have a big event like like our party at C5. They've been so helpful with prizes. Same for Master Replicas and FX Collectibles. Brian, of course, and former FX Collectibles and Master Replicas people. Barry, who's been on this show so many times, and it was always fun to talk to him. And Travis, who we mentioned earlier in the show. And Amy. Let's not forget Amy. She was a lot of fun, great person. And Amy, we know you listed. We got to come down and see you sometime. We just need to hang. Frank from Super 7. He used to be with Kodo. Who got us the gig at doing the live show at San Diego Mm Comic-Con. And Shingo at Kodo. Shingo's so much fun and always so nice and happy to talk about the Star Wars product and always so apologetic that there's not more of it. I know. He's nice. (laughs) I want to thank Joe at Delray and all of the authors who've come on the show. It would be too long a list to mention, and I know I'd forget one, but you guys are always so nice and taking my questions, and Troy and Christy for coming to our party at Celebration Mm -hmm. 5, and Aaron's always great to talk to and gave me some words of encouragement on our panels that we were doing, the radio drama one specifically, Mm -hmm. and so nice. Steve Sansweet. I need to give a big shout out to Steve. He's been on this show so many times. He was our first celebrity interview when we were just starting up. We'd only been in it a few months. I just cold emailed him and said, will you come on our little show? And he said yes. And from there, you know, once we had his name, Alan Dean Foster being the first author to come on and allow us to just kind of snowball into the amount of interviews we have. I want to give personal shout outs to Dan and Perry for all you've done for us. And you guys know who you are. I want to thank some of the people that, you know, at one time were a big part of the show, like Chewie's Jockage. He was great. Did a lot of cool little animations and fun kind of, he did the yak face rap and things like that. There's some great listeners out there. Everyone on the forums. We really want to thank you guys. Cozy for all the avatars he built from the forums and all the art he's done for us for this and for now playing. I mean, there's so many who who have just been a part of the forums and... And now they're a part of the Facebook page. You know, it seems like the forum communities kind of have migrated more to the social networking sites like MySpace and Twitter. But I know you people email me and say we're still listening, just not on the forums as much. But thank you to everybody who's been a part, everyone who's contributed a voicemail to the show, a video to the show. Everything. It's Fran Moff Tarkenton. Yeah. Dale. Everyone. It's been great. And if I forgot you, I'm so sorry. Don't hold it against me, but I'll send you a personal thank you. Just let me know. 
All the listeners who went and voted us on Podcast Alley back when Podcast Alley was the site to find podcasts before iTunes really took over. All the people who've left us written reviews on iTunes. And please, this is a plea. Please, if you haven't left us a review on iTunes and you enjoy the show, go to iTunes and leave us a review there. It really means a lot. And every country has its own iTunes store. So I know some places we only have a couple of reviews and other places we have hundreds of reviews. But in your country of choice, go to iTunes and leave us a review your country of choice all the people who've donated to star wars action news back when we used to have the classified ads and now we've got a donate button on the bottom of the page we haven't drawn too much attention to it yet because we wanted the focus to be celebration but people who help us out because you know it's not like we're ever going to get rich being podcasters we're doing this because we love star wars and we yeah. love collecting and you know anyone who helps us out by paying for the website or bandwidth recording equipment and all of that we appreciate it and there's the donate button at the bottom of the page as well as our sponsors brian's toys and backstage toys without you guys we wouldn't be able to do our show no and also all the affiliate programs starwarshop.com sideshow entertainment earth we thank you very much and all the people at lucasfilm for letting us do what we do and play in their sandbox mary franklin bonnie burton chris who is a publicist there he's awesome he's hooked me up with some stuff before so thank you all we appreciate you listening to us for five years it's seems been like, a lot of fun seems like just yesterday we started with our cheapo mics <laughs> and we got some big things in store too we have some plans for the next five years. And that's our show for this week. I just want to announce that Republic Forces Radio Network is kicking it into overdrive. We're doing two droids episodes a week because Clone Wars is starting earlier than we had thought it would. <laughs> so you can listen to our droids coverage at republicforces.com. And these are the episodes now that are available on DVD. So if you bought that droids DVD, you can go watch it and then hear us debate the quality and the merits of those episodes. And we have announced on our forums a new format for season three so check that out we think republic forces in season three is going to be better than ever and if you're now playing listener or if you're not you should be yes we're getting it for halloween we're going to be doing some horror films we're all currently watching the lost boys trilogy to provide you with some good information about that lost boys 3 coming out on dvd please use the affiliate link from starwarsactionnews.com and with halloween come up we've got some other ones in store that are classic horror we've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where Stuart, Brock, and I are going to be cutting into the meat of that series. Yeah, we can do without that pun. I don't think you could. Yes, I, I can. And finally, to end this week, I have a poll of the week. And this isn't a poll where there's options. This is just kind of a poll where you write in. I'm having another crisis of collecting. This is happening more and more as I start to inventory my stuff. I have a question that is specific for those who take it out and play with it. The openers. How do you keep track of your collection? How do you know which figures are what? If you make a diorama, how do you know what figure that is? I'll be honest. I'm a little bit anal retentive. When the speeder bikes came out back in 96, I think it was, the Power of the Force 2 speeder bikes, I took some VHS labels. Do you remember VHS labels when you'd buy a blank VHS cassette and it would have a label sheet in it so you could put a sticker on the top, a sticker on mm -hmm. the spine, then would have little number stickers you could put in for different items. I took a whole bunch of those and on every single piece of the break apart speeder bike for Luke, I put a number one in a non-visible space and on the Leia, I put a number two in the non-visible space and when it was displayed I always knew who was Luke's speeder bike and who was Leia's speeder bike and if it didn't have a number it was the biker scout speeder bike. Do you do something like that or do I just need medication? You just need medication. Or do you just not care and go it's a Luke? 
I know carded collectors have it easy, and we were talking to Chris up in Chicago, who's following our suggestion of the figure coffins, and he's putting a label on each one, so it's still pretty much a carded figure, just not with the card, but it's in a labeled case. But if you take it out, how do you know whose gun that is? How do you know... Does it matter if you're displaying them? Who cares? Well, how do you know if you have a complete set? And how do you know if one has gone missing? Wouldn't he hold his gun? But sometimes they come with, like, five guns. What if you don't... Then you keep them in the pod. The labeled pod? I want to know what people do. What is so hard about this? It seems like a really simple solution. They can hold one gun. So you you put one gun in their hand, put the others in the pod with the label on it. Okay. What's the problem? But what about repacks? Does it matter to you if this Yoda came from an individual card, but this Yoda, which is the identical figure repacked in a battle pack, does it matter this Cad Bane's the carded Cad Bane and this Cad Bane's the one from Holocron Heist battle pack? Not if you're making a diorama. But what about when you go to store everything or inventory? Wouldn't you just put them in pods labeled what it came but from. how do you know which pot it came from if you've got two cad banes why would you have two cad banes in one diorama two different dioramas then when you just keep track of where you put one uh, do you sounds like a do you problem. have a checklist for every diorama that you put the cad bane from holocron heist here but you put the carded cad bane here i want to know i want to know i'm an inquiring mind and i want to know so let us know in our forums at swactionnews.com and now while marjorie goes to take her migraine medicine yeah we'll talk to you next week Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at SWActionNews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit YakFace.com. HansHideout.blogspot.com and JediTempleArchives.com and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is web programmers Jason and Joe, associate produced by Brock, reporters Jerry and Steve, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Berent. Star Wars Action News is copyright 2010, all rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the Force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Podcasting.
Star Wars Action News is a production of Venganza Media Incorporated. They had the Akapatara <laughs> droid. I guess he's not technically an Akapatara. Isn't it the droid tri-fighter?